This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Did you catch Donald Trump's news conference yesterday? Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you say categorically, Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you give us a question? I'm not going to give you a question. Can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, can you stay categorically that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not appropriate. Do you honestly believe that Hillary would be tougher on Putin than me? Does anybody in this room really believe that? Give me a break, because a thing like that should have never been written. It should never have been had, and it should certainly never have been released. Well, what do you think? In case anyone expects him to behave differently than he did on the campaign trail, don't hold your breath. And uh, what you heard part of was this huge fight he picked with CNN alleging that they carried details of those unsubstantiated details against him. His his spokesperson even lambasted reporters for saying that he was told by intelligence that the Russians claimed to have both personal and financial dirt on him. Well, as of this morning, it's being reported that that particular briefing did happen. Even Trump says it happened. The FBI is still trying to find out if those unspecified and unsubstantiated allegations are true. And they're also looking into whether his team has been in frequent touch with the Kremlin from the campaign on. All I can say is, wow, yikes. What do you make of this? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And joining me today, Paul Paselli, who is an American conservative journalist, and Ginny Movat, who is a consultant with Crestview Strategies. Welcome to you both. Good morning. Great to be here. Good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, or rather, good okay. afternoon. Good afternoon, yes. Uh, Paul, uh, you are in the States. What is the reaction of conservatives like yourself to this onslaught of news, much of it involving the Russians? Well, um, it's, it's it, you know, it, it, it changes so much every day, especially the last couple of days. Take this, Ginny, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a couple of, Libby, I'm sorry, in a couple of, 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 of different levels here. Um, a lot of folks um, that I see and talk to are simply not phased by it. Um, they know, and uh, there's a lot of people here, especially in the American talk radio industry, on the conservative side, who fully expect this. Uh, because there are people um, on the left and even in the Republican Party, some, and on the conservative side, who would love nothing more than to, you know, tear Donald Trump down. Um, 
you know, the Russian angle is interesting only because um, apparently this article or, or, or these allegations actually, if you read deeper into this, have been floating around Washington, they say now, most outlets say, for six or seven months. Um, it was John McCain who apparently gave these um, allegations to the, uh, the intelligence community, or forwarded them rather to Congress. He has been a fierce critic of, 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 um, of Donald Trump. So a lot of us are sitting back and going, okay, the fact that there are allegations around him isn't really surprising. Who's producing these, and are they true? But the bottom line is, if you go to today's New York Times, and I believe it's on the front page, I was reading it digitally, though, on my phone, there's an article in the New York Times today that one of the reporters went to the middle part of the country, the Rust Belt, and has already spoken to uh, a number of people about these allegations uh, in the middle part of the country, you know, staunch Trump supporters. And at least at this point, the bottom line is a lot of them simply don't care. Unless these are proven in hard facts, a lot of them don't care. So the bottom line is both sides are digging in here. Uh, what about, uh, I gather that even Republicans want the other allegations that his campaign has been in close touch with the Kremlin all along, that they want those investigated. Is that just part of some kind of smear campaign against him? You know what? I mean, I'm sh- yeah, I mean, listen, Republicans say they do. They say, you know, what is it? What is going on here? But if you read these stories, you find out that there was an allegation that one of his people actually made trips, I believe it was, back and forth to the Kremlin, and 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 um, it turned out to be somebody, they used the name of one of Trump's um, counselors, I believe, or one of his attorneys, and it turns out that it's been proven that that, that the gentleman never even was in Russia. I think he made a couple of cable television appearances last night to talk about it. Um, there were some spelling errors in this report that supposedly was uh, compiled by this retired MI6 agent in Britain um, that supposedly, once again, was paid for uh, for opposition research. So the whole thing is just is is just bizarre it, at minimum. Okay, Ginny uh, Movat, what do you make of it? watching it from here in Canada? Um, well, I think everyone's kind of watching the rules uh, in a lot of different ways being rewritten. The rules when it comes to uh, politics, but also the rules when it comes to the media. The Trump phenomenon is happening uh, alongside a couple other phenomena in the media, where people are starting to trust traditional media sources less and less and less. Uh, this has been happening over years now, uh, and it seems to have reached a fever pitch um, through the process of the Trump election. When you when you talk about fake news, when you talk about social media as being the number one way that people are, are getting their news, um, it used to be that you turned on the news and heard Walter Cron- Cronkite and you believed what he said and you believed he was objective and that was how you got your news and that's just completely changed. That's not the case anymore. So Trump, I think, has a knack for taking advantage of this and I think that the um, 
the establishment media in America are not reacting well to what is a, a severe lack of trust and um, integrity that the public uh, approaches their um, their media with. So is that happening in Canada? I mean, to a lesser extent. Uh, but yes, the, the phenomenons from a media perspective are happening. We don't have a Trump-like figure here yet to sort of test how, how to exploit those changes. Um, but certainly, we're seeing uh, leadership candidates in the conservative race, for example, and their, their teams um, saying, okay, how do we look at the new way people are consuming media and how do we exploit that um, to, to use fake news or to, um, to report and, and try to interact with, with our voters in a way that Trump did and was successful? Yeah, if I can it, add here, if I can add really quickly, the dynamic here is that these details were published by BuzzFeed, which we all know is one of these new media websites, which occasionally has, to me, an interesting story or two. But these are allegations that, and then, you know, CNN picked up on that. Fox didn't really touch them. MSNBC didn't really touch them. And even the New York Times, Libby said, we're not going to run with something like that. And the Times is hardly a pro-Trump Well, paper. Well, uh, yes, CNN uh, denied that they picked it up, that they published the details. They just said this existed. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they did. And, and you're right. They, they, they did. But, again, to, to say, to, you know, uh, frame it as, as we've talked about over the past few months, CNN was perceived by Trump supporters, you know, during the campaign as the quote-unquote most anti-Trump network of the three cable outlets here. We all knew where Fox stood, and MSNBC was a pro-Hillary network. Um, and that's what I think got really under Trump's skin yesterday. Um, it's really split down here as to whether or not what he did was was proper. You know, a lot of his supporters love it, just the way you cheer for, you know, your favorite fighter in a heavyweight match. But there are a lot of probably people surrounding him today, my guess would be, listen, there's a better way to get back at, quote-unquote, or criticize CNN than to berate one of their reporters uh, in a news conference because if you're in office for at least four years, you're going to have to face these people, you know, on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't want to make the media the story here, but but uh, to me, it's these allegations keep coming. Uh, just this morning, as breaking news, you know, they've been saying, well, that, that multiple sources in the intelligence community uh, say that they did brief him on the fact that there is a story going around. I mean, it's it's one thing if the story's true, but you might want to tell somebody there's a nasty story going out about you. Uh, and and he said he now says, yeah, he was briefed about that. And this coziness with the Russians and and Ginny, uh, you know, it's interesting how that contrasts with here. We have a new foreign minister who is banned from visiting who is Russia, sanctioned from visiting, you know, by the Kremlin from visiting Russia. Yeah, exactly. And has said that she's not willing to make concessions to get off the banned list. Uh, yeah, I mean, she has a long history uh, in sort of Russian-Ukraine relations and that, that part of the country, um, and she is a noted expert. Now, I don't want to detract, though, from her um, seriousness when it comes to this file. In fact, she's 
sat down with and, and already had communications with members of Trump's team and Trump's circle about um, presumably, yes, American-Canadian relations, but also I, I can't imagine Russia didn't come up in those conversations because um, the, the West often approaches Russia uh, as a group. Um, you know, Stephen Harper famously refused to, to shake uh, Putin's hand uh, the last time they met. Um, and, and in some ways, it's interesting because you know it kind of provides some cover for Trudeau, who uh, has to do a delicate dance, as all Western leaders do, with Russia. Um, you know, he we've got Ukrainians in Canada that adds a sort of a political dynamic uh, who don't want to see him cozying up too much to Russia. Um, but he ultimately has to engage in diplomacy with the country. So in some ways, um, Trump being so cozy and friendly with Putin gives Trudeau, I think, a bit of cover insofar as it allows him to be closer to um, and to try to, to, out, to reach out to Russia in a way that he might um, be given a hard time for otherwise. You think he will? I mean, Christian Freeland, of course, is, is Ukrainian and uh, shares that perspective. Yeah, but he, Trudeau has proven himself to be a bit of a realist. I mean, um, he's willing to overlook massive human rights abuses in China. Um, he admires to, them. Indeed. He's willing to overlook all sorts of sort of ethical conundrums when it comes to uh, the, pra- the real politic of trade with uh, major foreign, company, uh, foreign countries. And, and Russia is one of those, those countries that we can't, he feels, I think, anyway, can't afford not to engage with. So if he treats anything like he treats uh, China, I think we'll see. Um, I think we'll see a lot of attempts on the part of uh, the federal government here to show that they're serious about engaging with Russia, not um, not in a sort of careless way that that they would portray Trump as doing, but in a way that they think that you know you need to reach out to these middle countries uh, as a as a, a leaders in the on the world scene and show that um, they want to be conciliatory and they want to encourage tra- and embrace trade and all those sorts of things. Okay, uh, guys, hang on. Uh, let's hear from a couple of our listeners. We've got Jody in Scarborough. Hi, Jody. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, good. Libby, I just wanted to say I am so tired of our media turning into the National Enquirer. Every day it's alleged this, alleged that, allegation this, allegation that. For heaven's sake, if you have some facts, please report them, share them with us. That's what the news is for. I, I am just I am just appalled at what's going on. It's just terrible. And all this hacking business. You know, uh, espionage has been around since before you and I, and it will be here forever. You know, the Russians are hacking. When the U.S. does it, it's intelligence gathering. I have to chuckle about that. They're all doing it. Well, that's for sure. Angela Merkel, when it was revealed that her uh, cell phone was being uh, hacked by the U.S., she didn't slap sanctions on the U.S. or send warships, like, just move on. We know we're doing it, buddy. But, like, why are they making such a uh, – do they not have any facts to report, Libby? Well, I, I think the reason they're making a deal of it is that it's, it's one thing to gather intelligence, but to try to influence an election, that's a, a whole other said, level. They haven't said, Libby, how that was going to influence the election. How was it going to do it? Well, they, was it the content of Hillary's emails that was going to influence it or their ability to release some of this stuff? Well, it, it was releasing dirt on one team versus dirt on another. And I think uh, we've hit our, our nails on it that there's dirt on all sides. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I'm just so disappointed. You know, someone mentioned Walter Cronkite uh, just on your program gone are those days how how lovely it would be 
But, you know, with Donald Trump there, I think we need to move on. The Obama charm, charisma, and poetry, it's gone. We're not going to get any of that from Donald. Okay. Thank you for your perspective. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye for now. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, Ginny, you were talking about uh, loss of credibility of uh, traditional media. There you have it. Yeah, look, we saw this in Canada in a lot of ways when we had this video of Rob Ford purported to be smoking crack, right? It was, uh, we found out after the fact that the Toronto Star had uh, come in contact with this video. They had uh, uh, gotten all their lawyers involved. They'd got undertaken a massive process to, you know, check all the boxes in order to be able to finally report on it. In the meantime, Cocker just posted the story, right? Um, so... So new media is approaching the threshold for um, for news uh, in a different way. You know, it used to be that you needed three sources to confirm before you could ever report anything, uh, and that's just not the case anymore. You know, Gawker has been compared to BuzzFeed. Uh, BuzzFeed has now run with uh, all these documents uh, this week on Trump, um, and I think that anyone acting in the public space, particularly politicians, uh, anyone running for elected office, needs to contend with and confront that new media because it's not going away. In fact, I think it's um, it's it's moving further and further in that direction. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go go ahead. We need a little thought. We have to take a break. We're going to be continuing with this, but uh, sure. What was your thought on this? Well, my, my my thought previous, and I know you have to take a break, so I'll just I'll just make this really quick. Uh, to a step back on the whole Russia thing, there are a number of people here who think that Donald Trump's um, real I don't want to say target here or enemy is actually China. And he's using this cozying up to Putin, if it were, as you will, uh, as to try and triangulate and drive whatever sort of wedge might, you know, a wedge into whatever relationship might agree or might actually exist between China and Russia because he's much more upset. And frankly, a lot of people in the government here are much more upset at what China does as far as hacking trade secrets in commercial secrets versus what Russia does. Not that they don't hack, but they say China actually costs our economy uh, billions more than the Russians do every year. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about Donald Trump. Let's go right to the phones. Nick in Oakville. Hi, Nick. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Um, go ahead. Uh, Rex Tillerson, uh, ex-CEO of ExxonMobil, the largest company in the world, is going to be the Secretary of State. And Rex Tillerson signed a deal with the Russian state oil company, which was the largest deal of any kind in the world, $500 billion for oil to extract oil out of Russia. So when you talk about why they have a special relationship with Russia, it's because of the oil. And I don't think they'll be Among other things, among other things, there was uh, one of his campaign... uh, operatives uh, that had to resign who who had a a big contract with the Russians. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Begins with an M. But anyway, yes, lots of 
all kinds of conflicts that they are allegedly working through, but hard to imagine. I mean, Donald Trump's own business, he's passing it to his kids. You know, really? How how distant is that? I don't know how he's going to how he's going to do this, like with their form of government, how he thinks he's going to get away with all these things he plans on doing, like not releasing his tax returns, not putting his business in a blind trust, you know, all these things that he's supposed to do, like the way he's even the nominees are being vetted. It's like delaying with the meetings and then having, you know, loaded questions and all this other stuff. But the thing is, I think the reason and the reason they're so cozy with the Russians is because of the oil, because it's a $500 billion deal. ExxonMobil leases more land in Russia, way more than they do in the United States. Well, Tillerson is, yeah, Tillerson is Yeah, Tillerson has said that that he doesn't agree with Trump on everything. We'll have to wait and see, because I think... uh, Thanks for your call, Nick. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think that uh, I'm going to give Ginny and Paul a chance to wrap up here. But uh, I think, as you said, so far, the public doesn't really seem to care about any of this stuff. Yeah, or or they they like his approach. I mean, the people certainly who voted for him do. And, and, you know, there are so many sacred cows. Just the very fact that he called Taiwan shortly after having been made, uh, been elected and been made president-elect. This is the kind of thing where you've got these long-standing establishment diplomatic protocols uh, and protocols in all sorts of areas that are just these assumed protocols of um, of the elites who've been in power for decades. And uh, Trump just turns those uh, assumptions and those protocols on their head. And people appreciate that. That's in part why they elected him, um, is because they view uh, America as having a class of people who get to set the rules. Uh, and he he's broken so many of those that I think it gives people a sense that maybe they can participate in public life in a way that they haven't been able to for decades. Okay, Paul, yeah. what are your uh, parting thoughts? Yeah, those thoughts are spot on. Um, you know, the, the the Trump voters want somebody in, in to come in in a sense and flip the dining room table over. Um, you know, after that phone call to Taiwan, he and his a lot of his supporters in Washington said, "Well, wait a minute, how is it that we sell Taiwan hundreds of millions of dollars of weapons every year, but the two leaders can't talk to each other? That's that's ridiculous." So, again, you know, just to wrap up, um, his supporters still support him because they look at everything else as secondary to what they want, which are lower taxes, better border security, a beefed-up military, and conservatives on the U.S. Supreme Court. And those people say, unless you've got solid, definitive stuff, to them it's just all chafe. It's all chatter. Okay. Thank you so much to you both for your insights. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.